WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? Yeah, man, last play by the Giants. This yeah. the Boy, is it prime football season, and that means a big feature on MSU and Detroit football on today's show. Quarterback situation, what is it like? This is the Spartan Sportsman. That's right, it is the Spartan Sports Wrap right here on Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Sharg, your usual host, and alongside Fino, who has been co-hosting along the way as we launch our new show on October 14th. But Fino, like we said to start off, the quarterback situation, is it more clear? The big question of the day. The million dollar question, Alex, and I'm going to say it's not that clear. But we got a little sigh of relief with Connor Cook with a great effort. So positive faces here at the studio this Monday afternoon. Very positive. We'll get into that in a second. But before we get it right into that, we got to talk about the show if it is your first time tuning in. Alongside with Anthony, we come live here every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. You can stream us online if you're outside of your car. If you're outside of East Lansing, if you're in another state, impact.89, excuse me, impact89fm.org. I wanted to put the dot in between, which we'll talk about in a minute, Mm -hmm. why I wanted to do that. But impact89fm.org if you want to stream us anywhere. If you are outside of East Lansing, you can catch us anywhere across the country. Um. But alongside with catching us live on the stream, we start with Spartan Sports first. So, like Fino said, this Connor Cook ordeal is exactly what we'll get into right away. Then we jump to Detroit Sports with the Lions and then a little bit of National. But the reason I want to include Impact Dot instead of Impact 89 FM <laughs> Dot is because on October 14th, we launch our new show called The Pact, which will probably coincide with our new website. That will be titled sports.impact89fm.org. Again, that's sports.impact89fm.org. A little lengthy, but it will be catchy. But we will tackle all the sports issues with the most entertaining personalities here at MSU. The new website will be online launching in the next week or so. But on October 14th, The Pact will be embracing the Spartan debate and will be featuring a lot of media talk on the mid-Michigan sports outlet. So if you are that rower or swimmer in high school or that wrestler that wants MSU covered, we got you covered because we have all MSU sports coverage from wrestling to swimming and diving to Quidditch to club sports. We're going to cover it all on the new website. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I mean, Shargi, you nailed it pretty much. We got you all covered, and even the Quidditch, you know, I'm more of a Hufflepuff person. Shargi, you're a little Gryffindor. On the- uh, I think I'm a little Slytherin, to be honest. Okay, all right, relax, Malfoy. But, um, yeah, so we got you covered here. Relax, <laughs> Malfoy? You like that? I, I got I got the blondish hair. I, 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 yeah, I that's true. That's, that's more Max over there. That's true. Max, right. what's uh, up, Max? Hey, Max, what's going on? I am nothing associated with Harry Potter. That's the devil's work. <laughs> well, anyways, Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. if you think you are associated with Harry Potter out there, and you want to help with Quidditch or any sport, football, basketball, whatever, send us an email, msuimpactsports at gmail.com. Again, that's msuimpactsports at gmail.com. We are constantly expanding, okay. always taking applications for the sports team. And if you are interested, feel free to come to the basement of Holton Hall, G4, fill out an application, and we'll get right back to you. But we're going to get back back to you with our highlight of the week, just to start off the show real quick. Fino, I know you're going to bring up East Lansing or some kind of quarterback. Well, it's pretty simple. What I'm going to bring up is, and we all know we saw this game. 2 o'clock kickoff, Big Ten Network, which was delayed, by the way. The game was delayed on air because, you know, the Michigan game ran a little late. And I personally was excited to see an Akron win. But beside that, my highlight of the week has to be Michigan State's offense actually putting up points on the board. Cook settling in, looking extremely good. You can't even complain. This guy threw four passing touchdowns. After, where was it, Shargi? We saw some running game. We saw some passing. Guys caught the football. Highlight of the week has to be Michigan State's offense. 55 points. Pretty good. But, and what I'll argue with you is I'm not sure about the opponent. Youngstown State. But, for me, Fino, my highlight of the week had to be also in East Lansing, also at that football game, but something a little outside the box, and that is the induction of MSU great Morris Peterson 
into the Clarabelle, uh, excuse me, into one of Michigan State's greatest athletes ever. That's right. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Great uh, accomplishment. Great accomplishment. Great. Um, the actual ceremony, 7.30 p.m. at the Wharton Center at the, Pe- at the Passant Theater. Uh, that will, and they also honored him during the game. But he, along with Kit Miller, Ryan Miller, the Miller brothers, along with volleyball great Jenna Robel and football Henry Hank Bullock, will be inducted. Uh, but I mean, Morris Peterson, you can't go wrong at the 2000 NCAA basketball championship. Mm-hmm. You know, just and the NBA as long as he played from the Raptors and then. With his yeah. former teammate, Mateen Cleaves, who also had his jersey uh, retired in 2011. Just a great sight to see him on that field. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Anytime you have a Spartan athlete who's really going to the Hall of Fame, as you mentioned, the Bulla family, I swear, that Bulla family is going to be enshrined in MSU's Hall of Fame one day. Henry already is. So special congratulations to Henry Bulla. Special congratulations to Morris Peterson. Job well done, and you love to see these athletes getting honored. Exactly. Career at MSU, Peterson scored 11.6 points per game with 4.7 rebounds, and he ranks 12th all-time with 1,588 points. Wow. Uh, and I would argue, if you know, that he probably built that MSU basketball legacy with Izzo. Definitely. I mean, you know, he was definitely a staple back in that Izzo, the early Izzo era, when, you know, he was really settling in as the coach. You know, obviously, from Joe Hethko, uh, Jed Hethko is a very tough act to follow. You know, Izzo, you know, implementing it, and he's great. You know, in MSU, I've always said it to people. You know, MSU obviously has really improved their football program, but guess what, Spartan Nation? It's a basketball school. MSU is a basketball school, and no surprise that we see another Spartan athlete. Exactly. All right, now so let's delve into football. Enough bit. with the Spartan athlete. Let's go right into the quarterback situation. The common Spartan. Athlete. If you missed the MSU football game, they did win fifty-five to seventeen against Youngstown State this past Saturday at Spartan Stadium. Mm-hmm. Connor Cook ended up starting the game, which was a surprise to some. Was but, it? was it? We'll see. But the biggest surprise to many was the fact that Damian Terry did not play. But let's start with Cook first of all. Fino, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, first time ever since 2007 an MSU quarterback has threw for four touchdowns. How unbelievable is that? What, 2007? 2007. Can you believe I just I need to say that one more time. 2007. You know, this is with the Kirk Cousins era. He never even really did that. Completely. So here's the thing what I'm saying. What I loved about Connor Cook is this. 15 for 22, obviously. He throws for 202. He's got a great QBR of 96.4. QBR people, I love the QBR. And four touchdowns, no picks. He doesn't turn the ball over. So the way I see it is, okay, I got Cook who played very well. He didn't even give Terry a chance. And here we go, baby. 96.4 QBR, I'm not even looking at it. I'm not even looking at the QB rating because what I'm looking at, Fino, is not the fact that he threw for four touchdowns or the fact that his completion percentage was great. It's the fact he played Youngstown State. It was an FCS team. They're in the top 25, which is very fair because a top 25 FCS team, as we saw from Appalachian Uh State, don't get them wrong. They can upset a team any day. They can play. But what I'm saying, Fino, is I'm not buying into Cook one bit. I'll say this. I'm not buying into him completely, but he gets the nod next week. Can we agree on that? Yes. He is the he starting the quarterback okay. in South Bend this coming week, and it's going to be a great game. We're all excited for it. But here's the thing, Shargi. What does this tell you about Damian Terry? We both have been hollering for him. You got on the train, and I jumped on your express. Here's the thing. Cook didn't give Terry a chance to play. O'Connor didn't give Terry a chance to play. And I say that but, because but that's the thing, Fino. they played so exceptional. Yeah, but... With a game like that, no quarterback would give them a chance to play. Exactly. It was so easy. The it play w- calling was there. The quarterback throws were all there. You're playing a Youngstown State secondary with no pass rush mm-hmm. on defense. Secondaries who weren't even looking at the ball. It was just inevitable for a quarterback not to play well. I agree, but it was inevitable the week before against South Florida, and it was inevitable against I'd the argue, first week. I'd argue that. I don't know about South Florida defensive backs I thought were much better than Youngstown. I agree, but when you allow, like we said last week, 50-plus points to an FCS opponent, they were getting a lot of criticism for it, and they go in and only put 21 up. So you're getting a lot of criticism where your offense is demanded to perform. It performs. Am I saying this team's going to win the national championship this weekend? Obviously, that's impossible, but no, I'm not. I'm just saying for the morale of this offense, 
The defense didn't have to really carry it. They played well, but they didn't really have to go the extra mile. They played well. And we have to nitpick on this offense. They played well when they needed to play. And they got the opportunities. They made the throws. The play calling was very conservative. We can agree it was conservative. Sure. Now let's take this to another level. Mm -hmm. On the 15 of 23 completions that Cook made out of those 15, Fina, Mm -hmm. how many of those 15 would you say were accurate throws? At times, I would say his receivers bailed him out sometimes. Yeah, I would say that's where I look at Cook. I say, okay, first two weeks we have lousy receiver play. Michigan State, very lousy on the receivers, dropping passes, inaccurate throws. I'm not going to sit and say that, yes, he was super accurate. But Fino, Fino, South Florida, only one or two drop balls the whole game. The first week where it's bad wide receiver play. But that's what I'm saying. Week one, we have bad receivers. Week two, you have an accurate quarterback mixed together. Hopefully it meshes. And, you know, we saw some results here. We saw, to us together, we saw some results. We have to be cognizant of the fact that Michigan State's offense put points on the board. We've been hollering the last couple weeks. I've been telling Max all the time. I've been even telling our station manager, Ed, all the time, that this offense just got, needs to, needs to put points on the board. And then we'll take it from there. Now we've seen an offense. We've seen a somewhat defense. And in all eyes on the big game this weekend. Fino, let's go, baby. What I think so, Fino, is that what you just said is, is all accurate. Mm-hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the cabbage to you, as you'd say. Let me see it. It's cabaret. Okay? And the reason I'm saying it's cabaret is because every week we just see the offense needs to be better. We need to get more points. And we, and we did that. We got the points. And the Spartans did that. But what I want to look at now is the Spartans, as they face tough competition from here on out every single game, you can't, I personally don't think that you can look at the score and necessarily the offense every single game. For me, Fino, out of the 15 Connor Cook passes, do you know how many I personally wrote down on my my, my, my stat sheet that was accurate? Out of the 15 passes, only 8 of those passes were accurate. I would say about 10 of those. I'd really give you 10, but nevertheless, 8, 10. Like you said, Chargy, it's cabaret. Because the point is, he wasn't, you know, the score sheet, the box score doesn't look. When you read this box score, I see 50 for 22. I see a great completion percentage. I see four touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers, great QBR. But like you said, it doesn't matter. I would argue to an extent it does matter because this offense needs something. They need something just to put their shoulders on going at the South Bend. Now this is where I look at it. Okay, here's the real test. You got Notre Dame. You have a bye week, and then you go to Iowa. Two tough places to play that Michigan State notoriously struggles at. They're not home until Indiana the following week after Kinnick Stadium at Iowa. Then they have that homecoming. Tough, tough. So it's tough now. So now you've got your three cupcake games at home, which rightfully so, anything other than 3-0 and in those three previous games would have been disappointing. But now you said it, Shark. It's the battle of the megaphone this weekend. We want that back in East Lansing. I know the players do. And guess what? If their offense gels like this, and it won't be a cookie-cutter opponent, if it gels like this, they're going to have to deal with some tough, tough looks. If they can pick those blitzes up when they need to, if they can really be accurate with the football and run the football. If Nick Hill runs the way he ran, if Bullet runs the way, just steady, a tough bruising back, I'm just looking for this team to be competitive. Not even win this game. Do you think I'm being a little too nitpicky? Uh, A little bit, but you have every right to be. Right. All the fans have every right to be nitpicky. And let me tell you something. The standard is so high, I'm telling you. Fans will tell me, Shark, you're nitpicking. You are. I mean, I am. And and the thing is... But it's our job to be nitpicky. It's not even it's our job, you know. The fact that we don't have a starting quarterback after three weeks, we have every single right to be nitpicky right now. I agree. Every single right. Here's the thing, though. And when I look at it, it's like this is we've had three weeks to solidify a starting quarterback, and we failed to do so. They failed to do and name a definitive and starting quarterback. And the funny thing is, even after this week, Antonio says Cook's number one, but is he ultimately a comfortable starter? No. I don't know. He's definitely not. He has to play somewhat competitive and reasonable. We don't have a, com- we don't have a comfortable for starter. For instance, we saw that Seattle game last night. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick is a great quarterback, for instance, just steering away. Yeah. He did, he's the bona fide starter. That's a good example. Good example. But he didn't look good last night. And if Cook has a game, and obviously the vaunted Seattle defense, but that aside, just looking at the numbers, if Cook plays the way that Kaepernick kind of played in that Seattle game, then we're going to sit back here next week and we're going to be like, What's going on? We're going to the bye week, and we have two weeks to get it straight now to go to Kinnick Stadium in Iowa. 
I mean, Max, I mean, am I, are we being critical? You got to look bright here. I mean, I, I agree. You have every right to be critical. But yeah, and, and I think we have to look at this short term. Yes. Cook is the answer. He's the answer at least for next week. Yeah. Okay. After that, I think it's still a question because you, you said that, you know, if he has a bad game, then it's all in question. He's going to have a bad game. Absolutely. I mean, he literally plays, you know, he, he got his first big start or, you know, playing time in the bowl game last year. He really, you know, he doesn't have a lot under his belt. So he's going to have a bad game. And then, you know, to be honest, it's probably going to start again. Who is he the guy now? Or is it you go back to your scramble QBs uh-huh. now? So, I mean, he's he's the short-term guy for now. And it, it, literally, you just have to see how it plays out from here on out. I agree. And the only thing, and I'm going to have to jump on what Max said and maybe even add more. Max makes an interesting point. You cannot play quarterback musical chairs, although I love musical chairs. You cannot play musical chairs for the whole season. It's not healthy for the team. The media is going to chew it up. You know the media will eat this up to a live. Reporters will ask them. LSJ will eat them up. State News will eat them up. Agencies will eat them up. ESPN will. And once Michigan State starts winning games, and if they start, right now they're 24 in the coaches' poll, unranked in the AP. But once you – let's just say you win this Michigan – let's just say you win – at Notre Dame, very and you know, let's say they go four zero. Now you're four zero going to this bye week. Just hypothetically speaking, is this bar set too high now for these quarterbacks? Because now you say, okay, you have two good games in Cook. You mm-hmm. go to Iowa and you're set to lose the game. See what I'm saying? I do. I, I mean, we you do- know, I, I think it's about time that we give a number for the show to call in five one seven four three two three eight. Nine three again five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Just slowing it down because I know we've been going at it for a good ten minutes here. But if you out there listening think that Connor Cook is absolutely the quarterback, that he proved it with his stats, and that we should throw away all the nitpicky stuff aside, feel free to call in right now. Yeah, absolutely. But now, now, now let's bring up another point, mm-hmm. and it's about Damian Terry because. The way that we saw O'Connor get in the game, comes in the game 7 for 10, 68 yards, and D'Antonio after the game says himself that he's considering redshirting Terry more than ever now. I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, I would disagree with the fact. I think you can't just, you know, Max made that point earlier. What quality wins does Connor Cook have under his belt? None. Nothing quality. He's struggling in his first game at T, you know, in TCU in that Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. But the thing is, you can understand his logic because he's like, okay, now I have a somewhat decent quarterback behind him in, you know, O'Connor, seven for 10, 68 yards. I know you hate QBR, but decent QBR, 88 oh, and change. But the thing is, if you're if you're Coach D, you're looking at this and going, okay, I got two guys that are somewhat decent now, and then I have this cushion, a third string senior at Maxwell. We can both agree Maxwell's off the chart here. Yeah, and that's another discussion, too. That is another discussion. What is his future? But going by Terry, I said, you know what? you got to consider it. And, you know, it's kind of a bummer because I'm excited to see him play. And the thing is, if Cook solidifies the job, what does that say about Terry? You know what I'm saying? What does that say about Damian Terry going forward? Because if Cook is going to take this job, which I've been demanding, one of the four quarterbacks, take this, take this baton and just run with it. But the thing is, what are you going to do if he performs to an exceptional level? Obviously, you'd you'd completely love the performance, but what does that say about Terry? Questions will still be asked going into next season, and I'm kind of bummed because you want to see what Terry can do in game action. And let's talk real quickly, as you said, with an 88 and change QER rating mm-hmm. is O'Connor. Because I will argue, Fino, that O'Connor's passes were the most crisp, most accurate. I mean, he looked to- good. I think he looked very good. He looked, listen, he his lo- completed passes to me, Fino, were crisper, were were quicker, and were just more accurate. But let me th- ask than, you this: than, ta- than Connor Cook, I agree. I agree that I thought he looked. I thought he looked very, very accurate. But let's let's not forget the fact: when did he get in that ball game? When did O'Connor get in that ball? Very game? late. Oh, very, yeah, very late. very late in that game. Extremely late in that game, and you don't want to have that. I understand it's late in the game, it's so-and-so, but the fact of the matter is we can't eliminate the fact that this is not first quarter first quarter defense he's playing. He's playing a fourth quarter, crummy, crummy, you know, no disrespect to that Youngstown State team. They're outmatched. No disrespect to the Penguins fans or anything, but obviously you go into Spartan Stadium thinking you are on, you know, the underdog, and they were. 
And the thing is, simply put, O'Connor got in in garbage time, Cook got in in the real time, and that's what you have to look at. Cook's the guy going forward. Listeners, do you think that Tyler O'Connor was the most accurate quarterback? Or do you side with Fino and just kid the baton, keep it moving going forward? Keep it moving, baby. Well, let's jump to the phones. You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name's Dan. I'm calling from Ann Arbor. What's up, Dan? I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, each fan of the show. Great, Dan. Hey, Danny. What's going on? Not much. I got a question for you. So, uh-huh. obviously, we've been looking forward. Um, I'm curious to get your prediction at this point on the Michigan MSU game in East Lansing. Ooh, that's a good Very one. good. Hey, uh, Dan, but before we give that prediction, I must ask you, are you a U of M faithful? I might be. <laughs> Dan definitely is. Um, Dan is a student. Dan, then listen, we're, we embrace the Spartan debate, as we've said. We so do. don't worry. No need to no need to hang up yet. Um, right you know. now, if I had to make a prediction, I would say probably I'd have U of M winning 35-18. Dan, what do you think? That's a good question. I mean, obviously we had our struggles last week. Um, I expect by that point we'll, we will have the train back on the track. So, I mean... It's tough to say, but I would say you know Michigan one touch one touchdown would be would be a reasonable expectation at this point. Now, now Dan, you I don't know what your experience is with watching this MSU football team so far this year, but you compare it to that last game, that last scare yeah. against Akron, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, are there a lot of questions going in with both of these teams? That's got to be nerve wracking. Yeah, it certainly was. I can tell you from being there on Saturday, it was not a very comfortable feeling for anyone in the stadium. Um, but you know, obviously, we have a lot of potential on offense. We just need to not turn the ball over and you know take care of, take care of business. Now, Dan, I want to ask you this because it's funny. You're one of the probably the first Ann Arbor fans to call into the show here. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Historical. This yeah, very monumental day. Uh, but Dan, let me ask you: Do you believe that people are being a little bit too harsh on Gardner, and that the three interceptions really don't speak for itself? I actually, I don't know if people are being too hard on him. I mean, the, the knock on him is always he's been, you know, he's always had that one mistake against Notre Dame, you know, the, the stupid interception he threw in the end zone, just, you know, literally threw the ball with him in, in our end zone. Against Akron, obviously, it was, you know, four turnovers. He had three interceptions plus one fumble. Obviously, that's not going to work in, in East Lansing or against any big tag team for that matter. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's unfounded, but, you know, he, ha- he has all the tools to be, you know, a Heisman-level quarterback. He's only a redshirt junior, so... He's, you know, obviously in his first year as a starter, so he needs to learn to move move forward and, you know, really just improve to heading into Big Ten play. I mean, I definitely got to agree with Danny. I mean, as you move forward into Big Ten play, this is where we're going to start judging Big Ten teams, okay? The three cupcake opponents, whatever. I understand Michigan has had Notre Dame, so they've had a legitimate opponent. But these Big Ten teams did not look good. Nebraska did not look good, barring UCLA is a better team. Look, I understand that, you know, Arizona State got very lucky in their one, but this is where you judge these teams. You've got to play these quality opponents. I think Michigan's going to really bring it to MSU. And that's funny. Thanks for the call, Dan. Thanks, Danny, baby. Um, you know what's funny? The fact that we are already talking Michigan, Michigan State. And that ain't Ann Arbor fan who's already dealing with an Akron almost upset is already talking about Michigan, Michigan State. You can't blame them because they want that revenge. That Those fans want that revenge. That last game, 28-14, the last time they played at Spartan Stadium was a 28-14. Michigan State defense was very good. It's very good again now. The question is, there's no number eight under the center for Michigan State. So if Michigan State's offense can play with U of M in that back-and-forth game, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But right now, obviously, I think Michigan State has the tools to win the game, but you can't laud me for the prediction thinking Michigan's going to win the game. Oh, yeah. They, they looked very sure. good. They, sure. They looked good. And, and to answer Dan's question, I hope you're still listening, Dan, I don't think that we here on this show can talk about who is going to win that game until a quarterback is named to Michigan State. I agree. And it's sad, Dan. It's really sad that we can't even make an early prediction three or four weeks out. We're not that far. It's coming up in four or five weeks, you know? It's right there. And that's the thing. See, Michigan fans are very focused. They know there's two games. There are three games, but now I'm going to say two because they're not playing Notre Dame anymore. That rivalry is on hold, obviously. They're not playing any time within six, seven years or whatever it is. The thing is, there's two games on the schedule that Michigan fans and the University of Michigan look at. It's Michigan State. And it's Ohio State. Obviously, if you heard the story with their bands, they're trading blows back and forth with Ohio State band and University of Michigan's band. But forget that of the fact 
The fact that Michigan has got Michigan State as a target should be Michigan State is going to be locked and loaded for that game. But forget that game aside, this Notre Dame, the thing is, yeah, Michigan's got, you know, Michigan State in their rear mind, but Michigan State doesn't. They got Notre <laughs> Dame right now. That megaphone needs to come back to East Lansing, well, mm-hmm. and you can't blame it. No. If this offense looks good at Iowa, at Notre Dame, okay, you look good against Purdue and Indiana, those teams on the you know along the way before you play Michigan, that game in November is going to be very good, and it's going to be more competitive than ever. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. The 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 phone calls are starting to pour in here, but we would like to get your opinion. Is it too early to talk about Michigan? You heard it from Dan himself from Ann Arbor. They're already talking about it. I don't think it's. Too- I can't believe it. You know. I, I mean, I'm shocked, but you know what? I can't blame it, bro. I can't blame it. Michigan wants to play. They have the standard of Rose Bowl. You can argue that their team is better than ours this year. You can't. You can't argue that, bro. Let's go back to the phones. You're on the Spartan it. Sports Trap. Who is this? Where you're calling from? This is uh, your boy David DeFever calling from the. The hearts of East Lansing. Uh, the Thieves, what's going on, baby? East Lansing Not folk. Not just watching some preseason puck right now, but I hey. uh, just wanted to hop in on this, this quarterback convo. Okay. So lost. Despite Connor Cook's performance, uh, yeah, 15 for 23 or whatever his stats are. We already talked about last week uh, Kirk Cousins being a diamond in the rough, and if he produced 220-something yards a game, that was, that was a good game. I agree. Connor Cook puts up 200 yards. Is that the court? Is that going to win us games from here on out? Though? Without a doubt, I is, think. Is, yeah, no, Defeves good enough. I think I'll say this, Defeves. If Michigan State's offense plays the way that they played this last week, if you see their stat line for Cook, 15 for 22, 202, eight, you know, 9.2 yards, an average per attempt. I mean, this is an offense that is last in the FBS still with yards per attempt. So now you look forward going to that game. They're 3.4 yards, you know, an attempt. Now I look at in the score sheet and say, okay, Cook's giving us 9.2. I agree. You can't even argue the fact with the defense, with the way the offense is playing. It's been okay. Offense plays, defense plays. If you gel this together... Bro, that's a gel you can't buy. You know, I'm I'm gonna tell you in Defever, stay on the line here. I'm gonna tell you how I feel right now about this quarterback battle. And I just thought of this, this analogy. Uh I feel like I just, you know, you know. Let me let me just put it into a different perspective. I feel like that I just hired someone to work for me that lied about the resume. That's exactly how I feel right now about this quarterback situation. All right, so Shargi, so you're lied to. You're deceived. Who's your guy going forward? You're lied to, you're deceived. Are you going with your liar? That's the thing. Are you you have no choice. You have no choice. Ah, I don't you know if we should no say choice. that. I think Terry is the choice, my man. As as much of us calling for Terry, you can't bench this bro after this performance. It's I know, 50 I know. All right, DeFever, DeFever, what's your take? DeFever. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Alex here. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. You know, like everyone wants to see Terry, but here's the thing: we don't even know how good he is. You we don't seen him. You don't, don't even. Know. Has he even thrown a pass? He got reps. We don't know. He's gotten reps. I mean, and you see what I'm saying? This guy. What game experience has he gotten? What game experience has Terry gotten? None. None. Practice. None. You're gonna throw him to the bro. You're gonna throw him to the wolves at Notre Dame. They're gonna chop him up. Defever, thank you for the call. We Thanks, got. We, thank you, Defever. Go Wings, oh, baby. But, but listen, although Terry hasn't gotten game experience. That's why they played O'Connor. Antonio said we had to get him in there. But he redshirted already. But they had to play him. And they didn't redshirt Terry. They don't have that blanket. Like but they, they don't do. have the option. They could redshirt him. They don't have to. But they you, could play him. Can't, if he's that good, you can play him. They let O'Connor I redshirt. Agree. They I needed agree. the time. But what does that tell you? D'Antonio doesn't think he's that good right now. He doesn't think he's that good right now. Because if it was so but good. But D'Antonio has never said that. Look at Penn State. D'Antonio never said that. I understand that, but he's saying it without saying it, bro. Think about it. Look at Penn State. They got guys coming in. They got a true freshman five-star recruit quarterback. He's, you know, the fever said it. Diamond in the rough quarterback. Coming in was Kirk Cousins top of his class? No way. But Michigan State gets ready to play people. Now we're seeing hopefully something, something of Connor Cook playing. Is Connor Cook your guy going forward? Fino says, yes, absolutely. You can't. This is a good performance. Into Notre Dame, 
and we'll see what happens in that game. We're going to take a quick break. 517-432-3893. The calls are keep pouring in. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. My smoke free apartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the wrap. That's right, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. Cool, cool down a little bit now. Yeah. Uh, interesting little topic we just got debating between the breaks. Uh, Alex Sharg and, and Fino here on my yep. left. But Fino and I were just also talking about during the breaks, between the break, that the thing about Terry is, like you said before we got to the break, that, yeah, D'Antonio's trying to say it without saying it, that he's just not ready. And you've got to look at Penn State. But during the break, Fino... I talked about this is, although Terry may not be ready, you know the fans and probably the players would want to see Terry. I think, you know what, I think so far what the players want to see, obviously Michigan State keeps a very hush-hush on their huddle. But the thing is, I don't know how badly the fans want to see him after last week. I think there's not big of an outcry. But that's the thing, Fino. Last week doesn't count. But it we does. can't even throw it in. You got to because people were throwing in the first two weeks how much Maxwell was terrible, how much this wasn't the answer, that wasn't the answer, this is not the same team of Kirk. Of course not. The thing that matters the most is he performed, whether it's he played, you know, Youngstown State, Alabama, McNeese State, or Michigan. It doesn't matter. He played what was in front of him. Those 11 guys across the field from him that he lined up against, it's his job as the quarterback to put numbers and to win the football game against who is on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and that's what he did. Now, again, after this performance, he is that guy going forward at Notre Dame. It's his job to put numbers and, most importantly, win at a place you haven't won in in a couple of years now and perform. Do something that even in Kirk Cousins' senior year could not do is win at Notre Dame. Okay. Now, before we get to Maxwell, let's just do real quick. What happens in this Notre Dame game? You say keep him on see what he can do. Are yeah. we going to see him in this Notre Dame game? Terry? Yeah. I don't think so. You I, think Cook will get the job done? I think Cook gets the job done, and if Cook doesn't get the job done, it's going to be going with O'Connor the way through. Like you said, O'Connor's been redshirted. Okay? Cook has been, yeah, Cook has been redshirted. So now we look at it is, okay, Terry is a true, so true freshman, that is. He's got a little leniency. So D'Antonio can cut this back and be like, I'm not going to expose him. Risk the redshirt. I think Mark D'Antonio is thinking in the back of his mind that, hey, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're playing with, and I can be a little, you know, a little roster management here, a little NCAA 14 action. You know, you can manage your roster and who to retro, who not to retro. But I think that being said, Cook and O'Connor are going to be your guys going forward. You can't be juggling with three, four, five quarterbacks, obviously not five, but you get the point. With all these quarterbacks for the rest of the season, it's borderline ridiculous. So I'm going to say Connor Cook 
Sure, the, the Notre Dame defense is tailless, but I believe, you know, Connor Cook will be taken out of the game you think this so? weekend. I think he will. That's a bold call, and I'm going to go far and say I'm so confident in Connor, you know, Connor Cook's play. I don't think he will. I don't think he will, and guess what? I'll even make a little wager for you off the side that, you know what, I don't think we see Terry in this game. I don't think we see Damian Terry. It's not right when he has no game experience to absolutely throw him to the Wolves at Notre Dame. Maxi, I mean, you're not going to throw this guy to the woods. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't make much sense to put him in at Notre Dame if you didn't put him in against right. Youngstown State, you know, Western Michigan, and even South Florida. So I don't. I, I think we're. I think we're going to see him not play much of a factor this year. And I mean, I think Cooks, the guy moving forward, at least we talked about earlier, at least until this week. Um, and another interesting thing I want to ask you two is, what do you think? Connor Cook's running ability is going to do for him, not just in this game, but in the future, because we haven't seen a running quarterback at Michigan State in a very long time. That's why I like that. See, that's an aspect. And, you know, I allude to that Kaepernick analogy I made earlier in the show is he's not as quick as, you know, Colin Kaepernick, but he can move. He can extend the play. And if you saw that game last night, that Seattle 49ers game I am referencing is as much as an abysmal game Colin Kaepernick had, very low 100 yard game. Three interceptions, no touchdowns, but he had 89 yards on the ground. So he made plays with his legs when he had none. And I think that's what Cook gives you. A dynamic, like Max said, we haven't seen in a long time, Shargi. And yes, Damian Terry has this and more. The problem is we just haven't seen him. We haven't seen him in game experience. And we cannot allude to the fact that, hey, look, he may be great one day, but right now, it would be foolish not to go with Cook. Fair. 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893. Maxwell's future. If we're only going to see Connor Connor Cook and Tyler O'Connor, is Maxwell done? I would argue right now Maxwell's out of the equation. If you would wanted to give Maxwell any ounce of confidence... He would have played in that game against Youngstown State. But the fact that Connor Cook played so exceptional, he played so exceptional, the fact that, okay, we talked about the stats all show long, and then O'Connor comes behind him. And, I mean, O'Connor goes behind him and throws 70% completion. You see 7 for 10. You, you can't give Maxwell even a rem- he's not at, He's out of the equation. And that shows, senior or not senior, you're out of the picture right now. And you know what? Rightfully so. And for me, the thing that struck me the most after last game was not one media member requested an interview with Maxwell. It wasn't even an interview at all. I mean, that's not surprising. He didn't get any game action. Right now, on the depth chart, he's a third-string quarterback on the depth chart. He's the third option. You, you can call on the show. You can it's disagree just with me. It's just awkward, man. It, I don't even think it's that awkward. I think you were bad. You didn't perform. That's, this is a results game. Football's results. NCAA, people arguing whether these athletes should be paid or not. You think Maxwell should get be paid for what he's doing right now? No. No, absolutely not. And that's the thing it is. You cannot look at it and say he's you cannot look at it and say he's a good quarterback right now because he's just not. He's not performing. He's not playing well. He's a third-string option as a senior. And I, I don't know about you, Shark. I have a little bit of self-pride. And when I'm an old grandpa at the old, at, you know, a grand, one day, one day, if you're a, a grand, grandpa, Fina, a grandpa at the old, you know, the old barnyard, and you're not getting any love, that would, you know, tick me off just a teeny, teeny bit inside and in between you and i and even max behind the glass guess what i think maxwell is pretty ticked off right now absolutely send us a quick tweet as well if you'd like at 89 fm sports rep you know is standing by with all of the tweets is maxwell done terminado as you would say fino terminado and guess what ccc está terminado and he really is because you know what he's not getting any love but shargi we spoke about this game i want max's prediction as well what is the prediction for this game? We'll start with Max first. Michigan State at Notre Dame, Mark Antonio versus Brian Kelly. Max? Well, I have been thinking about this for the last couple of days, uh-huh. and um, I think that we still see a great Michigan State defense, um, but I just don't. I mean, yeah, they put up uh, more points in the first three quarters of the last game than it did in all eight quarters of those first two games. But kind of then, embarrassing. But then you look at this is going to be their first legitimate defense they're going to play. Connor Cook still really hasn't been proven, as we talked about earlier. I'm going to have to go with 20-14 to 14 
Notre Dame. Touchdown, Close. Jesus. Close, Close game, game, Max. Close wow. game. And I'm also going to look at that and say, you know what? It's going to be a close game. It's going to be tough, hostile environment, and I really hope I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I can't see Notre Dame having back-to-back disappointing games. I got Notre Dame 24, Michigan State 17. And you know what? I'm not going to even ask anyone to call in on this issue because I think everyone would probably agree on this. Yeah. It's Michigan State's game to win, if that. So. Yeah. Notre Dame for me, but I think it's big. You know, I think Connor Cook's out of the game. Wow! They put O'Connor in, and we may see Terry. I think it's going to be big, thirty-eight to ten. Wow, that's a blowout, bro. I think it's going to be a blowout. That's a blowout. But we're going to get to the defense because as much as everybody has talked about this quarterback situation, we're not giving the defense love anymore. We're not giving Coach Narduzzi the fact that he may have a couple offers next year. I, you know, I think the fact that you know Coach Pat Narduzzi is got to be looking at. As we saw with you know Donnie, you know Donnie Treadwell, former offensive coordinator for Michigan State, he got an offer from university, you know Miami University, the Red Hawks, and they're struggling down there. So I really think with Coach Treadwell's struggles in Miami, I think Narduzzi is going to think twice about these offers. He's got a good thing going on, and think about it: you can still make money being a coordinator. Cam Cameron, familiar? Didn't even win a game. Oh, won one game with Miami, one in fifteen when he coached in the NFL. Okay, he was the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Now he's the offensive coordinator for Les Miles at LSU. Long story short, Chargy, guy makes one point four million a year in being the offensive coordinator. So I think wow. if you pony up the dollars a little bit, yep. yeah, I'll make one point four being a coordinator, D yep. coordinator. But here's what I'm most impressed with with Darnese. Besides besides the dollars, sure, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but what I'm impressed with is Narduzzi was left with a huge hole of Will Golston, and guess who comes out of nowhere? Shalee Calhoun as a sophomore. As a sophomore, rarely gets in games last year, and is playing like he's going to be first-team All-Big Ten already. I mean, here's the thing. And you allude to the fact that you mentioned, look, he loses Golston, he replaces him. But the thing where I see it, it just says a lot about this recruiting in this Michigan State defense. You know, we lost Greg Jones. Replaced. You lose Golston. You replace these big names. You replace these big DBs, these linebackers. Look what Coach Narduzzi is dealing with right now. He's got a senior Max Bola who looks outstanding. You have Marcus Rush, 44, outstanding. And you got Shalit Calhoun, who you mentioned, looking outstanding. Not to mention Darquez Denard's great play. Not even to mention what DBs are playing very well. This Michigan State defense, offense to be desired, but defense recycles and does it over and over again. And that just says a lot about the depth. And it also says a lot about recruiting. Yeah. Golston, the only player really that was highly touted, a lot of offers at schools. Did you see Greg Jones with a lot of offers? Shalee Calhoun with a lot of offers? The yeah. Bullock brothers? Yeah. Not really. Not really. Not really. And, you know, just to look at the Dark, sa- Dark Red Denard? Of course. And here's the thing. Not even to mention it, Pat Narduzzi's salary, according to, you know, CollegiateTimes.com, you know, he makes 230k a year. So you can easily lure him to stay and bump that up, double his salary if you need be. Pony up because what Pat Narduzzi, Coach Narduzzi, has done for this Michigan State program for his defense has been nothing short of Stunning. exceptional. Stunning. Exceptional. And you cannot elude the fact that Coach D himself is defense first. So yeah. that says a lot. And believe it or not, I believe in the next week or so, look out for an Impact Sports feature on Shalee Calhoun and how he has overcame filling some big shoes in Will Golston. Uh, got the predictions, Notre Dame, but we'll get more into that later. Let's talk MSU soccer for a minute here. Yeah. We've got 15 minutes left. Talk about this week, you know. Well, the Marquette, a- oh my goodness. First of all, there, you can't even elude the fact that, look, Big win over a nationally ranked Marquette team, and they didn't do it. It was a clean sheet. It was 2-0 Michigan State that looked very good against Marquette, and I liked what I saw. I saw a great play. I saw great defense. I saw bunkering down when they needed to bunk down, and they got in space. Now, I, as I demanded to get these wingers in space, get their forwards pushed forward, Coach Rensing said it, and they looked very good in space today. And not even to mention the fact today, goalkeeper Zach Bennett, Big Ten Defensive Player of the, you know, of the Week, Wonderful job in net, and that's what's going to get out to do this Michigan State Soccer Club is 
how they play is how they score goals offensively and they bunker down. If the defense played the way they play against big, tough squads as you go down the schedule, that's what it's going to be down to. Is you're going to look at that and you're going to say, hey, we're bunkering down, we're getting in space, and we're making most of the counter. And they have. They didn't let a nationally ranked team score. They beat a nationally ranked Oregon State team. They beat a nationally ranked Marquette team. This is a team that won the Big Ten tournament last year. They got a lot. They got a chip on their shoulder. No one is talking about them. No one is. And you know what? Good for Michigan State. They're playing good soccer. And keep it up. I don't want anyone to talk about this team because the way they're playing defensively is exceptional of late. After the very disappointing game to Valparaiso, they went in there and they dominated this game. And it's funny. Defense is so... Defense coincides with almost every sport right now. Yeah. Soccer, football, volleyball even. I mean... You, MSU sweeping teams. Absolutely, and Marquette was knocking on the door. You know, if you want, if you know, if you saw this MSU soccer team, they were, you know, Marquette was knocking on the door. They were giving the defense, Michigan State's defense, a ton to handle. So I would take a moment and say, congrats to the men of Michigan State soccer. You guys played exceptional. Keep it up. Keep it up because this university is proud. We're proud as radio hosts. I know Max is proud because the way this team plays. Hey, hey, hey! Watch out, Indiana Hoosiers. Because they're obviously one of the best teams in the nation. And Michigan State can play in Bloomington against Indiana. Maybe instead of winning the Big Ten tournament, we can win a Big Ten national oh. and title, maybe? And speaking of titles, let's look at this MSU women's golf team who yeah. claimed the Fossum Invitational this past weekend. And that is actually their fourth... Or actually, no, that's their eighth time in the past 11 years to win the Fossum, and that was at Forest Acres. They beat Ohio State by four strokes, but Great. tell me about Liz Nagel. Her first collegiate tournament to help the 22 Michigan State women's golf team to the, get first place, but she shot, a, she shot a two over in the final round and carded a one over 217 for the tournament to win by three strokes. Liz Nagel, wow. Wow, Fino. Uh, other thing about, Niz, uh, about Liz Nagel, um, that's the 10th time that the Spartans have won the Mary Fossum Invitational, you know, but it was also the 32nd overall tournament under Slobodnik Stoll. So she's been here for a while. She's put out results, and man, you know. Results, this university demands results, and we're seeing it now with soccer. We're seeing it with women's golf. Great job, ladies, of course. You know, you played well. And, you know, it's you know that Four Acres course can be tricky. Right. Uh, also, Lin- Lindsay McPherson, a junior here at Michigan State, and senior Christine Meyer, also right there to round up the starters. Nine individuals for MSU outside of the starting lineup were uh, did compete, and Gabby Urich was 17th place as a freshman. So very, very well done. But if you'd like to catch more MSU women's golf, you can catch them at the Mason Rudolph Championship in Franklin, Tennessee next weekend at the Legends Club. Well, Fino, we've got about 10 minutes left. we got to talk some Lions. Got to talk some Lions. we got to. And you know what? Shark, let me get your thoughts on this game because you know Fino's buzzing on a lot of stuff. We'll get Max's intake too because I'm a little upset about what this line's, you know, this line's. Really? I'm really upset. You know, Arizona has lost a lot of games recently, you know, going dating back to last year. Out of that tough stretch that they've had dating back to last year, they've only won two games, both against the Lions. And here's my thing tip my cap to that Arizona team. Bruce Arians, coach of Arians, you know, the cards, he has them playing. Carson Palmer looked great. But the one thing I see is how Detroit gave the game away. The penalties are just getting ridiculous. They're getting ridiculous. And if this team cannot, absolutely cannot, discipline themselves, they're going absolutely nowhere in the NFL, they're going nowhere in the NFC North, because if you cannot play disciplined football in this league with this commissioner... You're going to get chewed up fines, the refs will chew you up, and you're just going to lose football games. There's just so many dumb penalties, and it really pisses me off because, look, Shark, here's the thing, bro. It's not Sue this week. It's the secondary. The pass interference after pass interference is what is going on. It's appalling. It's appalling to look at it. And you know what? They deserve to lose that game. They deserve to lose that game because, you know what? Carson Palmer and that offense won it. And, you know, it's really sad because – Detroit's offense is very good. And obviously they got nicked up with Reggie Bush, who has no structural damage in his knee. That is the tweet out of NBC Sports today. So that is good news. There's no, you know, that's the report. Reggie Bush will be 
Bush will be healthy for next week, hopefully. I want to know Max's take. I think Detroit looks appalling right now. And they need to clean up. Max, they have to clean up their act. Absolutely, they have to. And I'm talking with our marketing director, Lewis, in here. And we're just talking about how crucial is Reggie Bush now to this team. Before, some people were happy about getting Bush. Some people thought he was already washed up. And great that he's probably going to be able to play on, on in, in week three. How crucial is he to both of you, this team? Now, he seems to be all of a sudden spurred to these to, to the haters. He all of a sudden seems to be the guy who, if they want a chance to win, they he has to be in the game. Lewis just said he was watching the game. He said as soon as Bush went out, he knew the game was over for them. I mean, Max brings a good point. And even our marketing director, Lewis, brings a point. Because, look, who first of all, Max, whoever said Reggie Bush is washed up, Obviously, he doesn't watch football because the guy's coming off a thousand yard season, rushing the football, rushing. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But you know what? I got to agree with Lewis behind that glass because guess what? When Reggie came out of this game, and you can't blame the Lions for doing so, you have to be precautionary with him. I'm not going to say the game is over, but he's a key X factor. And no disrespect to Joyke Bell. Joyke Bell has done a great job filling in and being that backup guy. Now that we see Mikel Shore is not even active anymore, he's just scratched. So what do I see? Is I see a Reggie Bush team that is so contingent on Reggie's play. And I reason why I don't, the reason why I don't say it's Calvin, the reason why I don't say it's Matt Stafford is because those guys have been in. Matt Stafford plays through anything. Calvin is obviously the, the best receiver right now in the NFL. Sure. It's no disrespect to what they're doing, but he's got to be in Shargi if they're going to win these games. Yeah, and that's the thing, Fino. You're building a secondary that's, that's causing all these penalties – with fifth round draft picks, unrestricted free agents, it's, it's so They're piecing together guys that wouldn't make other NFL teams even starting. It's so ridiculous, bro. It's they just needed to fill in the holes because they didn't draft a cornerback, which people thought they should have. They, they should have drafted. I definitely thought they should have drafted. I definitely thought they should have drafted a cornerback. They need one. Chris Houston has Ziggy Ansah been that impactful? Uh, or would but, a cornerback been that much better? But here's the thing, though. You know the Lions have got a lot of lightning in the bottle with these, you know, with these first rounders. You can't expect these first round. And Demarcus Sue is a legend, and I say he's a legend because in college, is he? is he a legend? In college, coming out of college, he was a legend. Coming out of college, we cannot even argue that he was absolutely outstanding. You remember Terrence Cody for Alabama, Mount Cody? Where's he been? That's a legend coming out of college. But the thing is. You can't expect a fourth, fifth round pick to be impactful. You know what I see? I look at an, I look at a Cardinals secondary with Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. No one's talking about how good a game Tyron Matthew had. What was the fourth? He's like fourth, fifth round. Yeah. The point is, Tyron Matthew looked exceptional. He made plays when he needed to, and he was the number two guy. He's the number two guy, and you know, no disrespect to Patrick Peterson, he is going to be a great tool for the Cardinals. It's just too much to handle against Calvin Johnson. That guy's that guy's incredible. He's great. But the thing is, the Lions have to discipline themselves. If they do not discipline themselves, it's going to be Coach Jim Schwartz, the latest man to get the pink slip in Detroit. Yeah, but that's the thing, Fino. They haven't been able to discipline themselves for three or four years. It's been punching people in the face. It's been dumb penalties. It's been stomping on players' arms. It's been not showing up to practices. It's been missing workouts. It's been off-the-field issues. It's with the rest. It's with domestic violence. Just, do I need to go on? No, because the thing with the Lions is, and I think it's a little premature to say, this team's over. They're one-on-one. They're cabbage. No, you can't say that. But the way I look at it is this. The Lions got to get together because they're very lucky that Minnesota's 0-2 now. Minnesota's 0-2, gut-wrenching loss to the Bears. Leave Chicago at the top. You know what I'm saying? So no. Chicago didn't make the playoffs last year. Minnesota did. They made the playoffs. So now when you look at your division, you say, okay, NFC North, Minnesota's looking from the bottom up. You've got to feel somewhat okay. But I look at the Packers. Packers look, they're 1-1 one one too. They look decent. They embarrassed. They embarrassed RG3. Mm-hmm. No one's saying hail now in Washington. Then the Kirk Cousins chance ensue. <laughs> I would say no. That's the thing. Kirk Cousins is going to be traded eventually, but RG3 still had an exceptional game. People forget they're being very critical on Robert Griffin III. This is still his preseason, per se. He's still got two game experience under his belt. If you look at the numbers from that game, I'm going to give you Griffin's numbers, and when you look at Griffin's give him, numbers, give him. You're, you're going to be like, okay, he had a decent game. Twenty, you know, 26 for 40. 320 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. 
that's a good game. Yeah. But, I mean, compared to Aaron Rodgers, 34 for 42, 484 touchdowns, no pick. See what I'm saying? When you look at this, when you look at this card, okay, and you look at this box score, you can't even say that they had, guys had bad games. You don't even know what the score is. You know, Alfred Morris had 13 carries for 107, 8.2 yards of rush. 32 yards was as long. But when you look at this box score for the Redskins, it's good. The point I'm trying to tell you is the Lions got to stop stuffing the box score. They have to stop doing that because you lose against this Arizona team and they should have won the game. I don't care if it was in Arizona. Rashard Mendenhall's late TD, which by far was a touchdown. I mean, they're, they're thwarting it down. We look at Stafford's game. Stafford's game, his QB rating, not his QBR. Obviously, that's what a QBR is, but his quarterback rating was 108. His QBR was 60. Stafford, 24 for 36, 278. Two touchdowns, no picks, doesn't turn the ball over, sacked once, period. Carson Palmer's day, 22 for 39, 248, one touchdown, one pick. point that I'm trying to tell you is it doesn't matter what they do in the box score. The point is Reggie Bush has to be better rushing the football. Nine carries for 22 yards isn't going to cut it. 2.8 yards a carry is not going to cut it for the Lions. They need Reggie Bush to be the runner that he was in Miami. I understand receiving he had 44 yards, and he's paid for that dual threat. Before we go on to Bush, I want to read a tweet from Louis Bellotta. Okay. Darius Slate, second round pick, benched the last two games. Bust? By the way, Louis Pilata is our marketing director here at Impact Sports. Bust? I would say it's a little premature for a bust. I would say it's premature. But if he if you draft some guy high, you draft a man very high in your draft, obviously the fact of the matter is they're the expectation is gonna be higher. For instance, a very similar situation is in New York, or in Jersey for that matter. The Jets, D. Milner, their number one draft pick. This guy's picked, you know, picked to replace Daryl Revis. He's benched. So there's a lot of expectation on these rookies making a lot of money first, second round. They make millions. I understand it's not as ridiculous as it was before, but Max, the expectation is very high for these rookies. The Lions got to expect a lot about these guys. They have to play. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because actually I was looking at Reggie Bush's rookie stats and he had over 700 receiving yards and over 500 rushing yards and over 200 all uh, return yards his rookie season. So that's 1400 all purpose. So yards. that's just his that's his rookie year rookie. coming out of a huge USC career. And so imagine what New Orleans the New Orleans Saints organization is thinking that we have a we struck gold with him. And then towards the end of his career he had only he finished his last year with New Orleans with 150 rushing yards. Okay, so I think you bring up a great point. Is even if you do have a great year, look at RG three. You have a great year, your your rookie year. You got to think long term because even the best struggle. So it's it's a marathon. It's not it's not a sprint in the NFL. No no matter how fast that game seems. You know, and I'll say this with Max. They demanded a lot of Reggie Bush when they drafted him New Orleans, but guess what? They won the Super Bowl with Reggie on their team. They won the Super Bowl. So if you're thinking New Orleans, okay, we have a title. The Lions haven't even licked title in how many years? Ever? See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's bad. So when you bring these guys in making tons of money, the, the standard is very high. And Lewis has every right to be critical. Any Lions fan has to be critical. But going to that Arizona game, you're expected to win, period. Right. And I think now, because we are running out of time with two minutes left, and I would love to comment on a lot of things you said, but we got to move on. It's time for our favorite part. Goon of the Week. That's right. It's our Goon of the Week brought to you each week at the Spartan Sports Rep in Fino. Talk about the Pac-12 officials here. First of all, my Goon of the Week absolutely has to be these Pac-12 officials. By the way, the news today was that Pac-12 is reprimanding these officials, and they're borderline going to be suspended. So look at that to be taken for it. But I don't know if you saw this game. Arizona State, Wisconsin. Arizona State was handed this game. Officials did not let them slap the ball. It should have been delay of game. The officials just let the clock run down and essentially handed Arizona State the hometown call. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Wisconsin, but they were robbed. Good of the week. These Pac-12 officials, Shargi. Uh, it's a good good. Uh, WKMG is a station in Florida who actually aired the away Jacksonville Jaguars uh-huh. opposed to the Manning duel. And the funniest part, Fino. WKMG TV issues a scrolled message apology saying we apologize for any inconvenience of not airing the Giants and Broncos. I mean, talk about just a destruction of fan base there. I mean, it's totally destructive. And I saw this picture, I think deadspin.com, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Look at the photos from this Jacksonville game. No one is at the game. They're playing Oakland. 
It's sad. Did you know, Shark? They were protesting outside the stadium, Jacksonville Jaguars fans outside of the stadium until 316 demanding Tim Tebow be signed. Unbelievable. And I think they need it. I think they might need it. They need it because that'll bring what? Hey, Manziel will say it. Money. That's it, bro. They As, need him. And speaking of money, Floyd Money Mayweather, Mayweather looked very good. Looked very netted good. Netted a hundred million dollars on his win. Very Pretty good point. Money. That's gonna wrap up the show. Not to be punny. Alex Shark and Fino here, along with Max King Max, and the booth. Thank you, of course, behind the glass, always. Always. And we'll be back for another week of MSU football chatter. Of MSU football chatter, of course. For Fino, this is Sharg. Take care, guys. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.